Greetings and salutations, gamers. Welcome to Cast Co-op, the podcast in which three podcast hosts cast together. I am one of your hosts, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost and host of the Xbox Expansion Pass, joined by my big brother and yours, host of Season Gaming's BitCast, Mr. Ainsley Bowden. What is happening, fine people? It's good to be back. It's been too long. We had some interruptions. Luke had to go and get COVID, you know. Um he's just inconsiderate joe you know he doesn't think about casco up or there's fans or anything else you know what i mean and i think he still got it because he still looks sickly (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) you think and i have special eye drops for my eyes yeah still not working it's it's not working yeah is it it, the help with the bright lights during the daytime yeah yeah, that's what it is. That's okay. what it is. No, I'm trying to get rid of this thing. It's painful. I get yeah. it. You know. I get it. Is that your second time with it? COVID? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. I, I had it in January 2020 where you didn't know what it was. Okay. Um, and, yeah. you know, you do the strep test, the flu test. You do everything. Yeah. But it's I, it was identical symptoms. And we got very fortunate because uh, there were some tough times the first time around. But this one? Uh, thanks to vaccinations and uh, cough suppressants, I'm slowly or I'm back on the mend faster, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, it's definitely got me like I got the fog. Muscle mass went down, didn't eat, tasted nothing for a little while. So but I'm but I'm back and very fortunate to to be where I'm at. So cool. I'm happy. I'm happy. Cool. It would be. Or I would be remiss, rather, if I did not introduce Mr. Joseph Moran, host of The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. A podcast, by the way, which has been firing on all cylinders of late. And I should note that same thing about BitCast. You guys have been absolutely crushing it. It's been really cool to be stepped back from afar. You guys are both crushing it on your on your separate ends of content creation. And bravo. Go to hell. Okay. <laughs> i was gonna say something nice for a change but yeah no, 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 thank you man it's a lot of hard work especially <laughs> last few weeks has been pretty rough but th- this week it looks like we got a we we finally got a really big win so it's uh it's nice feels Huge. you know what it, it is it feels good to actually talk about video games you know like news like real news like real news like yeah, not yeah, speculation yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah not speculation like one third of this podcast all will be about speculation because it's you know youtube seo but like the mm-hmm. next like the two thirds of this show gonna be really great the one third you know brace for it but like once you get past that part it's gonna be great so why is playstation dead <laughs> well that's a great question uh jim ryan and his cats have completely destroyed that company yeah. <laughs> well we should recap because it has been a, a bit of a time for right. us we've had xbox's tokyo game show presence nintendo had a nintendo direct playstation had a state of play that was was pretty darn packed uh jim ryan called out phil spencer and i don't mean that in like some grandiose exaggerant way but he absolutely dropped phil spencer's name and such uh, and called it the activision deal inadequate um there's been a genuine words fighting words where i come from luke you know on a twitter space and in social media yeah but uh it was i would have much rather like that's like saying like you fucked my mother type of thing you know yeah well the for an executive to say something like that felt very uh beneath them i guess you would say you know what i mean like it sure. felt like i feel like it lowered the conversations barrier to entry um yeah and especially it felt considering like, he said like he said something like 
there were some mistruths. So I want to set the record straight or something like he basically said Phil was lying in so yep. many words. And it's like, you don't hear CEOs talk like that. It's weird. No, no, it felt odd. And it was odd to me, especially to see the implication that a three-year offer for non-exclusivity, no matter what in three years to me is an eternity in the gaming world. I feel uh, what was somehow not good enough in a world where companies first parties attempt to gobble up exclusives all the time. Yeah. And there's a precedent that Microsoft has owned big platforms before, i.e. Minecraft, and it hasn't been detrimental to gamers <laughs> or inadequate or whatnot. So it, to me, felt uh, far more shallow, I think, than a business executive arguing business. One might argue, though, that it's exactly what's needed to cast doubt in the eyes of a deal. Ains, what did you think on that one? I thought it was strange, man. Um it, to me, you know, I try to read between the lines with stuff like this because CEOs often, and Phil is excellent at this as a CEO, is he says stuff without saying it, right? And he he gets his point across in a very kind of menial and, and direct way while sounding pleasant about it, even if the end result's not going to be as pleasant as mm -hmm. he sounds. He's just, there's a whole thing that goes into messaging when you're an executive, right? And Phil is excellent at it. I don't think Jim Ryan is very good at it. Mm -hmm. um, and we've joked about that before, but it was weird to see <clears throat> Jim make statements like this. Um, and I think it shows two things primarily. Um, one, it shows that I think, and I posted this on Twitter, right? Like if I know people realize that Call of Duty is this massive game, right? Like everyone knows that, right? It's Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. But I don't mm -hmm. think, unless you kind of are really into the the shit like we are a lot of times when we're talking about this stuff, mm -hmm. they don't realize just how big Call of Duty is. Like, mm -hmm. Call of Duty is a global phenomenon that makes billions and billions and billions of dollars um, every year. Not like, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about lifetime. Like, every year it makes billions of dollars. Um, and it is, I think it's pretty crucial it has been a crucial part to PlayStation over the past several years and their annual marketing around it and exclusive kind of skins and little things here and there is a big deal for, for PlayStation players. Um, <clears throat> so I think it shows that this is a bigger concern. You know, when Activision Blizzard got announced earlier this year, it was like, wow, mm -hmm. this is crazy. We were all blown away, but I don't think the weight of that had set in yet of what it would really mean in the future. And I think that's coming to light Two in my opinion, and, and it shouldn't, but this demonstrates publicly that Jim is legitimately concerned about this deal and mm -hmm. that he recognizes that the inevitability of Microsoft's weight in the industry due to big daddy Microsoft's money, right? Mm -hmm. Call it what it is. Um, but that this long-term is going to have an impact on PlayStation, a negative impact. And of course it will. It's one of the biggest IPs in the world, and you're talking about it going away from the biggest platform holder or console maker, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. um, so that should be pretty obvious, but you can see the you can see the cracks and the panic there about that because no matter what you think, PlayStation has fantastic first parties. They're building live service games. We've talked about that, right? They're investing heavily in it, and I would never want to say out loud that PlayStation can't build a Call of Duty competitor. Because someone will eventually, maybe. Um, well, Fortnite is one, right? But um, mm. I don't think that PlayStation can build a Call of Duty competitor. They said it, right? They cannot mm -hmm. build a competitor to this IP. 
so that sorry, I've talked for a while, but yeah, I think it, it, it those two things primarily is what this showed. So do you yes, think there, showed... there was a lot to unpack, boys. I apologize. There's a lot. Oh, we bring it back. <laughs> oh my god, we're in form. Joe, yeah, do you was... think it showed weakness or was the right move for Jim Ryan's part? I don't think it, it so my opinion on this is is different. Follow me here. Yeah, I saw you shaking your head. I don't think it really matters what it shows of 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 PlayStation or, or Jim. Mm -hmm. I think Jim has an opportunity to alter this deal. And he's going to take this opportunity to alter this deal. Um, you know, he wants a guarantee that's longer than three years. It could be three years in a day, and he's going to try his best to make sure that Call of Duty is there long enough to where they can soften that blow because Ains is right. Call of Duty is huge. It's like your Maddens and your FIFAs, right? It's making billions of dollars every year. The impact is as, as I think the thing that is in question of what could happen to the market with this call of duty deal if i'm one of the regulators and i think that's probably what's going down if if i was just guessing and you know kind of just you know um yeah just just guessing so for me i, I just kind of feel like it doesn't matter if i feel like jim ryan comes off like a boo-boo crybaby <laughs> it, it's him just going and, and throwing a wrench in the in the cog to see if he can't get a better deal because he's he is right like it, it or, or I think his motive is is I think his motive is they can't rip Call of Duty from under us in three years, right? When this deal ends, they're going to have to extend it because there are tens of millions of people that play Call of Duty on PlayStation. Microsoft would look like a bad guy if he did that, uh, or if they did that, right? So Jim knows that what Microsoft's plan is probably is okay, so we're going to wean people off of PlayStation by just offering them the better deal. Because if most casual gamers buy our fa uh, FIFA, Call of Duty, and Madden, and that's it. Well, mm -hmm. if we could just show, hey, here's Call of Duty for you know 15 bucks a month versus 70, mm -hmm. you're going to see people swing back to the Xbox side of things, the very casual player. I think that's the thing that scares PlayStation is we're thinking about this right now and we're not mm -hmm. actually thinking about the effects of this six years from now. So mm -hmm. Jim seeing that going, okay, if I can try to keep play or call of duty on PlayStation for as long as I can, I'm going to. And I think this also highlights a really big problem within PlayStation, which is they have rusted on their laurels when it comes to multiplayer. And they need, 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 need to change that, you know, because they've had Call of Duty, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, th those exclusive deals, because they've had that, they've been able mm -hmm. to just crank out some of the most, to me, amazing single player content that I've played in the last, you know, eight years. Mm -hmm. Hard to argue, even on an yeah. objective sense, given like Metacritic and such. Yeah. And so when I take a look at what they don't have, it's multiplayer that we truly care about they they don't have any um you know i love last of us factions i won't have you talk about destruction all-stars in this light <laughs> oh right? so sorry you're right <laughs> they came out with a new character but like that's that's sony's problem so to me it's it's them buying time until they can find 
not their their call of duty but what i said on the trophy room the other week is their splatoon mm-hmm. um you know their game that is big within that ecosystem that kind of helps soften that punch of losing a call of duty and maybe that game's factions but that's what that's what he's trying to do mm-hmm. and and this the cattiness is like uh you know does is does this make playstation perceived to be weak sure but like mm-hmm. in the grand scope who who's analyzing it we are the super hardcore most casual gamers they don't know don't care and mm-hmm. they, they don't know anything that's going on right now or, no. or they don't even know who phil spencer is nope And I think uh, lost on people is it's Jim Ryan's job to attack this. Now, the way the way that he does it is up to him and his business and gamers should spend their money accordingly if they do or don't like something in the practice. Um, And I mean, I'll argue, I mean, to me, it felt very hypocritical from the outside looking in. But what does that mean? It's his job is not to be fair, nor is Phil Spencer's job to be fair. And. How many times have Xbox gamers requested uh, politely and indignantly that Xbox toss their weight around and fight a little dirty? How many times have Nintendo gamers been frustrated with online or the way that Nintendo handles managing its creators and its games? And so none of these companies' jobs is to be fair. In fact, I would argue that puts them in a position of weakness uh, in many ways, in many ways. But I... I think back to the, your comments about PlayStation and wanting to have a multiplayer element. And then I think about the attempts they've made on that during the PS4 era. Nobody remembers Kill Strain. I got the platinum, nope. um, but I enjoyed it. But it was like a toss away, getaway game. David Jaffe had that one like drawn to death game, yep. I think it was. Yeah. And there were several other attempts and shuttered studios and games <clears> in the <throat> multiplayer space. And quite seriously, I think that's why Bungie was the acquisition it was the goal the attempt being to bring something that is synonymous with playstation and multiplayer it's not going to be bungie's pretty darn independent all things considered even with this new sony deal but to to, the argue of softening the blow and having something in their pantheon to teach their other developers i think that's the nature of the bungie deal and if call of duty is to be destined for xbox not necessarily exclusively certainly you'll see game pass perks and the like and that to me is no different than when bungie struck up deals with sony and they had exclusive strikes or guns or skins etc and call of duty does the same thing maps come exclusively or uh or ahead of time and such to me it's the same thing and that's where i think i got a little bit salty as a customer i was like well wait a minute why is that okay but not this this or that um but in the end of the day it's his job to get the best deal for his people yep. be mad at square enix for not being willing to be on both platforms be mad at at bungie for taking the deal uh and, and i say be mad at there was a financial element they did what yep. they wanted to do their business <clears throat> it goes yeah i think uh i think you guys are are, are nailing it there, there's two aspects to that are very simple to remember here is one that this is business and Jim is the caretaker for Sony Interactive Entertainment and he'll do whatever he can, regardless of what he personally looks like doing it, to uh, to do what exactly what you guys are saying. And the flip side is also true, right? Uh, Microsoft and, and um, Xbox, obviously, are spending $70 billion on this deal. They will honor all existing kind of contracts that they have to honor, just as they had with other acquisitions and other companies do from a legal sense. But they are not... They don't have to do anything. 
Um, you know, if it's at the end of the day, if this acquisition goes through kind of untouched and I know we've talked, you know, uh, again, I'll bring up Hogue because he's really good about breaking this stuff down and what kind of concessions can be made and what could change in the deal and stuff. But assuming it goes through, you know, basically unfiltered in the sense that, you know, uh, they honor existing contracts and that's it. There's no other concessions that have to be made for it to be approved. Um, Microsoft can do whatever, whatever the hell they want. I, I don't see why this would be a surprise to anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. And I think uh, I think PlayStation, to Joe's point, uh, has languished on the multiplayer side. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I know, and this is anecdotal, of course, but just call their PS4 at the time, and now the PS5, their exclusive machine, still do. Uh, I was just playing a game with my friend earlier. He's like, I, PS, my PS5 has turned into my exclusive machine again. And I said, yeah, me too. But, you know, I, I want a reason to turn it on for like a live service active game. And they're building them, but uh, it's not going to be Call of Duty. It's just not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Call of Duty, like I said. And one last point on that is, is, and I know I've talked Halo way too much lately. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I was not invited to your panel, COVID or not. I was upset. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, the reason I didn't invite both of you is because we're having this conversation tonight the same week. That's why. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I'm shook at this. I only bring it up to say that when, because you know me, I'm looking at like what's most played on Xbox Live and these things. And what you notice, right, is that the most played games, the top 10 by far, are all third party games that are on all platforms because cross play is so widespread now compared to how it used to be and so many play people play on different devices you guys play together all the time on different devices right yeah. and i play with uh friends on pc on halo etc so the the games that are at the top the uh the fortnites the apexes the minecrafts the robloxes right they're all they're all games that people can play anywhere and play together so um i only bring that up to say that even if playstation creates a hit let's say that factions is an amazing multiplayer game in the last of us universe from naughty dog and i'm looking forward to it personally um but it's I, it's just not going to reach those same heights it's just not yeah yeah and yeah you know for me it just makes playstation have to make weird and creative choices and that's the thing that excites me you know this half this this is going to put playstation on its toes searching for something that they can bring to the table and i think that's great at the end of the day um you know this is at you know when all is said and done, will concessions be made? Probably. Uh, but how, what will it look like? Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I really, I, I, I hate the, like, the middle school drama that a lot of creators have taken with this. Because I think, Luke, what you, you, you nailed pretty well was like, well, <laughs> we've seen a lot of people yell at Square Enix of like, well, where's this game on Xbox? It's like, well, because you didn't buy it on Xbox. Mm -hmm. I always bring up uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, of over 80% of, of sales on, on that game at launch were of PlayStation 4. That's why you're not seeing this game on Xbox. Mm -hmm. It's not going, making, just putting a game on Xbox doesn't magically mean more sales or, or, mm -hmm. or sales are, that are going to offset the development of that game ported es over so especially in the xbox one era where they were outsold by a ratio of at least two to one yeah so like i i totally and at this at the, at the same exact 
um, you know, flip of the coin. I totally understand why PlayStation looks incredibly hypocritical because they do this a lot <laughs> with a lot of games. Yeah. But I would argue some games would not exist without that Sony money. Like well, Arcane, it- Arcane has publicly said Deathloop would not be out if it wasn't for for Sony. Same with Ghostwire, and right now we're seeing it with uh, Stellar Blade. Stellar right? Blade. Yep. So there are some, though. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII was going to get made without PlayStation. Um, there are some reasoning behind doors that isn't just because Sony wants to keep something from Xbox. It's because maybe they see something really special with a thing. Um, of course. So, again, I understand business. it. It's Yeah, at the end of the day, it's business. He, both both Phil and Jim, have an obligation to their shareholders first and foremost. And that's what both of them are doing. I'm just interested looking at this, that there's going to be further investigations, especially coming out of the UK and the EU. Uh, I'm wondering what that means as well. And, you know, just speculation here. If Microsoft was kind of not caught off guard, but how, how prepared they were if right. that, 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 that happened. That's the only and- thing that I'm thinking of. I, I think this goes through no problem, but. And without being pretending to be experts on the subject, there's a there's a simple logic behind the idea that a trillion dollar company with all their legal resources would not enter into the potential of a deal without being prepared for counter arguments. Yeah. Right? There They're is not eloning it. They they right, got their yeah. counters. You know exactly. Yeah, it's not a, a shot at the hip type approach to things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I th- sometimes I think we uh, in the content creation space fall into the thinking we know everything when in, in all likelihood it's not a tit for tat type thing it's a it's a mapped out progression of a deal oh 100 yeah. yeah i mean there's a lot of chatter we've seen on this which is just absurd right mm-hmm. um but at, at um sorry i lost my train of thought i, I was gonna say that um I was going to say to to Joe's point, I'm sorry, uh, because the chat asked it to Mo and Google asses. Yeah, I mean, on the surface, right, it is it is kind of a a hilarious, not only timing, but, you know, PlayStation does these exclusive deals all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is kind of hilarious timing with literally an exclusive PlayStation beta about to begin tomorrow for Call of Duty. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just comic. You can't write that kind of comic or that comedy, right? Um, And an exclusive game or a formerly exclusive game coming to Xbox on September 20th in the way of De- death loop. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's yeah, owned exactly. by, play. you know what I mean? Like it's like, that wow. was, that was developed by Xbox. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's a strange, it's a strange industry. And what you're seeing at the end of the day, in my opinion, anyway, is that, you know, we, we, we've talked for years about the industry's growing and, and revenue is higher than it's ever been. And all mm-hmm. of the big three are growing and 10 cent and embracer and all these companies, what you're seeing is a niche industry for geeks like us turn into a global, you know, hundred multi hundred yep. that billion dollar industry, and it's changing the business of video games. And I don't think gamers, especially old heads like me, who have been around with you know forever with the Atari and stuff, it was never like this before. At least it wasn't like this publicly. Um, but between the social media age and how much money there is to be made, and how much the video game industry is evolving that business. You're seeing the kind of, uh, you know, usually things that might have been hidden from public view or the things that went on in uh, back rooms. God, I can't speak tonight, guys. Uh, You're seeing that out in public. 
Um, and there's this is not going to be the end of it. Not even just for the Activision Blizzard deal, right? But there's going to be plenty of other things that go on that gamers are going to be like, well, they did this and they did this and they're yelling and it's that's business. I mean, all you have to yeah. do, look at look at car companies, look at tech companies, look at the mobile uh, cell phone industry. I mean, just look across. That's what gaming is going to become. And all we have to hope is that we continue to get awesome games. Uh, game talk in the chat. Uh, by the way, shout out to everybody in the chat that came and joined us on such. Yeah, short thank notice. you guys. We really appreciate it, guys. Um, earlier in the chat, game talk was mentioning or, or asked the question rather. You know, is COD who who can unseat COD in terms of like sales? Is Rockstar the only company that could do it? Um, and I think there's some logic to it. But then you look at you mentioned Tencent, and I immediately my mind's jump jumping to Fortnite and Roblox and. Uh, other experiences that are not necessarily sales based they're free to free to play free to enter but the revenue they generate it far exceeds call of duty uh call of duty i would say something yeah i would say something even further listen okay good good because i don't want you to listen because you're you're dumb you're making me dumb every time (laughs) Um, (laughs) you're a dummy making me dumb every time you talk exactly big dumb dumb um but no, it, it, nothing needs to unseat. The only thing that's going to unseat Call of Duty is constant complacency. Like, Call of Duty is a machine, and the people that love it are going to love it, mm-hmm. right? And keep that thing alive. Look, I mean, look at every time there's a bad Call of Duty, like, is this going to be the last Call of Duty? Is, is, is Call of Duty le- losing steam? And then they bring out Modern Warfare 2, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. They, no, mm-hmm. they're everything's fine yeah, you could argue saying. that the last two years were exactly what you said cold war and vanguard were not received generally well yeah. um and yet if you watch and that yet, presentation today they're call of duty next which we can touch on if you want because i will i you know i'm very interested in modern warfare 2 and warzone 2 it's fucking incredible like yeah, what's yeah. coming they're gonna dominate the industry so, this fall can we can we just change because i haven't seen anything of it could you sure could you let me in on it yeah 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 so they did the uh they did a live event today, Call of Duty Next, where they previewed, uh, they they officially unveiled, even though we knew it was coming, uh, Warzone 2.0, which is just a terrible name, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Warzone 2.0, they showed more Modern Warfare 2, they showed the Gunsmith feature, but really the focus was Warzone 2 for the most part, and, and Warzone Mobile, which, you know, I care less about, but Warzone 2, and they have a bunch of the popular streamers and whatever playing it live, one of those kind of live, you know, arena events. But Warzone 2 is launching November 16th. It is the biggest Call of Duty map ever made in history. Um, It's launching on uh, across all platforms, cross-play, you know, all that stuff, free-to-play. They mentioned that Warzone 1 crossed 125 million players, and they expect Warzone 2 to be higher than that for good reason. If you saw it, it looks freaking incredible. It has maps. What we talked about, we hope the Halo BR would have. It has like classic Call of Duty multiplayer locations within the Battle Royale map. It has airport. It has nice. uh, terminal. Uh, I'm going to forget some names right now. Um, it has underwater combat. It has like crazy vehicle design. Mm. And it's just got very extensive. You need to watch the presentation. It's really impressive. And um, it also, they did formally announce today it's going to have the DMZ mode, so kind of like Tarkov, which is very popular on PC, which is a PvP slash PvE mode, which you guys might really like, because you said you love Warzone and Halo 5, right? Mm -hmm. 
So it's going to be a mode where it's, you know, teams of PVP with a lot of uh, PVE on the map and you can like play mm. it in different ways and extract off the map. And all of that is launching on November 16th for free. Um, and it's going to align. It's realigning with the core Call of Duty release, which, of course, this year is Modern Warfare 2, which alone is going to be bonkers, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the, the, all the features, the skins, the whole Gunsmith 2.0 system, like everything you do in your account profile is across Warzone 2 and Modern Warfare 2. Jesus. Now, um, <clears throat> all of that sounds incredible, Ains. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. feel like I even cut you off from telling me more stuff. But There's I'm... more, but I, I don't want to ramble. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> go to seasongaming.com. We have a summary up for you right now. Thank you. My question, <laughs> because I, I almost went to where I went before the show. Um, no, no, no. This is a different one. Oh, okay. Actual, All right. I was like, is it? <laughs> um, my curiosity now is every year Call of yes. Duty is able to spin it like it's their next best thing. I, I even go back to mentally like the reveal for Call of Duty Ghosts. Ghosts. Remember that? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good example, but it consistently yeah. feels like that. Now, always fully admit, uh, I sat out of Vanguard on principle for, for some of the way Activision was handling things. And it was an easy thing to do because I wasn't really interested in the time period. It wasn't Modern Warfare 2. There were other games I wanted to play in that realm. Um, yeah. And I'm now excited for Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. and try to examine my own choice to make sure I'm not being hypocritical. But like, even if so, I'm in on this one. But every yeah. year they tell me it's God's gift. It's kind of like the Madden. Oh, this year in Madden we added. It's like, <laughs> no, you didn't. So I would say two things. I would say one is that this is, it's a combination of Infinity Ward, which wherever you stand on the studios, Infinity Ward has has impressed lately, right? And Modern Warfare reboot from 2019 is the best selling Call of Duty of all time. Mm -hmm. so that shows you how popular Modern Warfare is. Um, it's not a remake of the original Modern Warfare 2. I still see people saying that. It's not. This is a new game that is a continuation of Modern Warfare from 2019. Oh. Um, it, Which is it, great, by the way. Yeah, yes. Love that. And, and it is their top-tier kind of development. Vanguard, if you go back, both Vanguard and Cold War, actually, if you go back through the development history of those games, they're, they're a mess because they mm -hmm. were kind of swapping teams in and out and the timeline got screwed up. Vanguard mm -hmm. was not originally supposed to release until this year. Mm -hmm. And they they moved it forward because, remember, they backed Sledgehammer's game out, and mm -hmm. it got all screwy. So what I would say is that I'm agreeing with you. I didn't play Vanguard or, or Cold War uh, full mm -hmm. release. I played the betas and stuff. But um, I agree with you, Luke. I seem to revisit Call of Duty every few years when they get it right. right. Um, yeah. But I think, I think I've seen enough, and I know enough about the development to make a uh, well-educated guess that Modern Warfare 2 is going to blow the doors off, not only in terms of like the game being quality, but I think the combination of Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2 are, like I said earlier, literally going to dominate this fall. And by dominate, I mean not only sales, but streaming, YouTube videos, um, you know, it, it's going to be everywhere. Um, yeah. It just looks, it looks like that good. And that's why PlayStation instead. And, well, and and the re the other thing that to keep in account, I saw someone else, and I've been saying this on the damn Halo streams, is you hear people say like, "This is what Halo Infinite needed to be," and I don't even disagree with that. But this is what eight studios and several thousand developers, quite literally, several yeah. thousand developers, will do for you. They can mm -hmm. create this right mm -hmm. it's going to be a global phenomenon um and 343 is not working with even a percentage of that so you get what you get 
and one well separate conversation but i would argue uh as the flagship franchise they should be getting more than the percentage than they currently have because i have resources. yelled about that on every show i've been on about halo recently yes good because i was gonna go at you for over defending halo lately you haven't so, if you if you think i'm over defending you haven't watched the shows i've been on and that's fair because i've been down <laughs> you're and out. a fake fan Luke. <laughs> really and truly i've been down and out so i was curious why i didn't go after because yeah. i wanted to know and i haven't had a chance to watch so genuinely no, I, stating no I we've been know. critical in fact i would say that i was even on the defining duke show we did i would say that i was still critical and i was the least critical of the four the other guys mm. really went at them um okay. but uh in the panel we did for season gaming earlier on tuesday um wasn't invited well we could talk about it right now that's what that's the point um <laughs> is that i was critical you son of a bitch <laughs> oh whoa okay listen in you're not invited to the next one i can tell you that much <laughs> oh, 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 oh hot damn <laughs> hey guys have you seen this have you looked at this oh, shoot. i've looked no. at a black screen what do we it's a it's it's a bloodborne wallpaper and you, you, the new ios let, update you gotta let it go shit. joe but you see like i made i made the clock red because it's like the blood moon every time joe talks about blood when i'm bringing up crackdown just saying like it looks nice it, th this is true if nice. i remember correctly he <laughs> stood up and said fuck the halo haters and threw a massive cheek <laughs> on my hat this camera. that's right you don't understand you know I, I, threw, I threw pablo's helmet because he never wore it oh pablo uh Jokey wear pants. Oh well shit. Oh gosh, season two. Um <laughs> new writers. There's new writers. Look, there's look, there's hope. There was promise in there, but still <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. And you know what sucks is I like Pablo. I think he's a good chief. It's the, Pablo's the awesome. writing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I had two anecdotal moments this week that I thought were really interesting in terms of casual gamers. One uh one of my students came up and was like, Mr. Lore, I got Vanguard. And he, he was started telling me all about playing Call of Duty Vanguard. And I was like, well, that's really cool. And like he started telling me he was into it. And I was like, that's the power of Call of Duty. This kid was so stoked for it. And like, in, like he's into games. It was just an interesting thing that he suddenly got into. And then uh, quite separately, an adult of our age at his coach's meeting this evening came up to me and goes, hey, Lore, are you doing the, uh, the gaming <laughs> podcast thing? I said, yeah, man, what's up? He goes, you play that new Halo? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then we started talking, and then he realized I knew about it. This dude's so up-to-date. He was like, and in the weekly this week's a visor. What's that about? And I, he starts talking about the yapping, and I'm talking yeah. about Big yeah. Team Battle. And it was just a funny anecdote that, like, the kid was like, Call of Duty Vanguard. And here's this dude that's our age, and he's like, yo, you play the yapping event in Halo Infinite? <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. Which is happening? a lot of fun, by the way. It is a really, really good time. Yeah, it's a yeah. really good time. It's basically right, Fiesta big team, Joe. And that's that's Ooh. a it's a little bit more refined than that. But like yeah, as a general understanding, that's that's how it works. They have a game mode called Sprockets, which is literally just rockets and skewers endlessly on big mm -hmm. team maps with 24 Jesus people. Christ. So it's it's literally just chaos the whole time. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. it genuinely yeah. a, a fun mode, um, for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh bad weeklies though. Bad weeklies. Uh, boys, can I just tell you, Call of Duty be damned, Halo, whatever, don't care. Yeah. I'm excited for on Xbox Game Pass to play GoldenEye multiplayer. It's coming Stop back. It. Here I am. You're being sarcastic, Slap right? What? What do you mean? Well, how could I be being sarcastic? GoldenEye the Legend returns to online play. How could I not be excited about this? Joe, you look dead inside. What's wrong? I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. 
Oh, you can't? Oh, yeah, I'm totally being sarcastic. Yeah. yeah. I think it's hilarious. You couldn't I, because tell? We hadn't, we hadn't talked about it offline, oh. so I didn't know if you were being serious, because there are people that are really excited, and I'm like, you're, you're going to be so disappointed. Well, I the, the joke here, for anyone that couldn't pick up my sarcasm, I'm sorry, we're going to blame it on COVID, uh, is that GoldenEye has been remastered in, in many ways, or re-something or another, uh, updated, and the only online version that you'll be able to play is going to be on Nintendo Switch. The Xbox Game Pass version will not be updated. And my argument was that, like, nobody was going to play that anyway at all. Like, you're going to play it twice. Who cares? And then, uh, hold on to Game Positive. I can't even read that. It's like six hieroglyphics in a... Um, <laughs> oh, I get it. He's on my side. Yeah, go Game Positive. <laughs> the irony is, like, no one's going to play this thing. And I got some angry tweets from, like... Did you really? I mean, like they were passionate. That's what I was looking forward to most. Really? 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 That's really? why I couldn't tell if you were being sarcastic. I didn't know if you were one of those. You got I a know. you got a new Zelda game, and that's the thing you walked out with. <laughs> I was confused by that so hardcore. It's like I, the multiplayer. Like, I'm I stoked to play Goldeneye, but like a nostalgic trip, I probably minutes. won't finish it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, promise you, as soon as these people play this game, they're not going to last more than 10, 15 minutes. I'll let the menu music go forever, though. Just yeah, so hard. <laughs> absolutely. Now, do, does that does that version, and I know this is supposed to be just a tangent, but th does it give you another analog stick? Yes. Finally? Yep. Yep. All right, you so have that. You have now. that. The best part is they said, in, in the official press release, it says, like, smoother frame rates and i'm like well yeah i hope it's more than five <laughs> what does smoother mean like it doesn't say 60 fps it just says smoother smooth jesus christ it's gonna be blood i level. saw i saw sh sh <laughs> sh sh shut your fucking mouth <laughs> i saw i like the like rare go oh and it's like 4k you know resolution or whatever i'm like 4k but like do i want that that's great but <laughs> There's like it's, a shader, you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah, those four okay. blocks that make up that level look amazing. Exactly. I yeah, no, I no. But I'm still no, excited no, 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 to no. play Goldeneye. I'm excited for that nostalgic moment. Doping dope and excited because it's on Game Pass. I don't have to pay for it, etc. But like the idea that it was gonna somehow be the game for the fall, no, it's gonna be the game for the few days, and I'm gonna enjoy yeah. it. And I'm glad it's back and game preservation is important, yada yada yada. Nintendo Switch Online's a joke. Joke. It's a joke. And mm -hmm. I just I don't have patience the for it. The weird thing I saw someone post on Twitter too is that apparently the the Switch version and the Xbox version are actually built off of two different games. Mm -hmm. That the the Switch one is like a remastering of the N64 one and the Xbox one was the 360 version which was built off a different code or something and I was like what in the hell is going on with this game? Like, I heard that. Too. So, hmm. yeah. But it's it, trust me Keep the nostalgia in your head. Enjoy it. Remember the memories you had with GoldenEye and move on. Because I set my sons up to play that game a few years back. And they lasted all of five minutes. And I couldn't blame them at all. Mm -hmm. I was watching. I was like, oh, my God. Is this what I used to love? Like, what is yeah. this? It's not no, good. It's the perfect Game Pass experience. Because you're going to get your nostalgic vibe. No, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. You're going to get those vibes. You're going to hear that music. It's going to be fun. You're going to watch the camera spin. And you're going to enjoy for a bit, and then you're going to want to move on to something else. And that's okay. But, yeah, like, okay. I would not advise anyone to spend money on it. <laughs> like, I, and maybe we're all wrong, but I don't think we are. No, no we're not. No. No. Like, uh, I will say, you know, 
you know how you know how <coughs> sorry oh now maybe don't take my thunder it's my time to call i know <laughs> you know how big this was though my brother who is not a gamer whatsoever mm-hmm. he's like he just texted me golden eye we're getting it <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of cool. disappointed people including your brother yeah well he's used to being disappointed yeah no, oh. back on there. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, let's talk about the PlayStation state of play. Okay. Uh, and I do want to get out ahead of, of one part. Ains, you're trying to stay content dark on God of War. I am. Um, I don't know how to have a conversation fully without talking about it, but um, you want to start this conversation? Just don't with describe the trailer, like what happens. That's all. You can talk I about it myself. I haven't oh, watched it myself. I, well, I was just really surprised Kratos gets shot right in the heart. <laughs> yeah, as long as Chief did it, it don't matter to me. There you go. That's Phil Spencer. It was Phil Spencer. We knew it. Okay, I, I've not watched the trailer myself because I too am trying to stay content uh, light, not necessarily dark, but light. Um, nonetheless, I did see a few glimpses, and I was very excited for what I saw. I was going to say I can go through. I've got the list in order. Don't of go on the trophy room Twitter if you want to stay completely dark. <laughs> Uh, if I can go through what was announced during the show, because there's not a ton of games, but yeah. there's some good ones here. Sure. Are so, you looking on Season Gaming or a different website? Yeah, Season. we have a recap. So Tekken 8 was the first game, mm-hmm. um, which looks... I'm not even a huge Tekken fan, and that looks incredible. And yeah, that looks they, really good. Yeah. Well, what's Capcom with the and, roided out versions of fighters, though? Street Fighter and, and Tekken. Bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so they came out, Capcom came out and said it's Unreal 5. Uh, that was all real time that was shown in the trailer part of the story mode. Apparently, um, there's nothing reused from Tekken 7. I think that's what I know about it. I'm, oh, I think wow, a few more details. So, but this is like ground up built for new gen Tekken 8. Mm-hmm. Awesome, all- looked great. Yeah. And if this is what you want to show when you own Evo, so 100%. Good point. Uh, then they jumped into two PSVR demos, including uh, the Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition and Demio, which is a popular game on Meta right now, if you're not familiar. Yep. It's huge. I, I was actually, I was very, like, they got me on the Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> it looks bad, but, like, I'm a Star Wars dummy, so I'm going to get it. <laughs> Demio was actually the one I was like, oh, crap, really, they got that? awesome because demio i hear nothing but great things about so like if you're a lover of like dungeon role-playing games and D, this is literally that but in vr um in awesome yeah yeah i'm in too uh we i think we've talked before like i'm excited for vr too um and and by the way another thing we got this week separately was the big outlets got their hands on with vr too and they talked about it a little bit so it looks very like- impressive so far from what yeah. i've gathered it's, yeah this Question. is a this is a serious piece of tech yeah yep for, for you too because i've never ever put on a vr headset ever mm-hmm. sure i don't have much interest in it is vr2 so is going to be is it going to balance between approachability and an improved experience do you think it'll catch on with more people catch vr overall on with people software depends on the software yeah it depends on on the games they're making but like it, it has promise um yeah. i mean vr is getting more popular but mm-hmm. will it break through the mainstream i don't know 
Well, yeah, remember, exactly. you have to have a PS5 to play this one, right? Whereas, yeah. like, Meta, you can buy and play. And they raised the price. Oh, my God. Guys, they raised the price of the PS5 while we were away. How dare they, dude? How dare they? Pieces of shit. Garbage games. <laughs> not a Game Pass. It's not Game Pass. They tier. raised the price on it. The price. I hate them, dude. Like, like, I hate Sony now. Like, It's true. Um, by the I way, uh, they they also uh, manu- up their manufacturing and have sold every single one they've made. So No, oh, shit. And I and, think they changed the the design to where the thing's cheaper to ship and cheaper to move, and they're making yeah. more money off the units. Bad I've business. actually I've really bad business. I I when we were critical about that on the trophy room, I was just like, hey, anybody, let me know. Like, has that has this deterred you? You know, is whatever. And a lot of people are like, no, still getting it. Like the one thing that again, like we often miss when we're outside the, I don't know, it got off, whatever. The, the, the main topic but the one thing that we forget is because we're playstation 5 owners and we're so in it that this is this price means a big deal to us a lot of these retailers the way they sell these things are through bundles mm. so like they're just tacking on all these controllers so it's it doesn't seem to hurt them because they're all being sold through bundles anyway mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy i don't know that's just me sorry uh, yeah I, I pulled us away no you're fine i i was I actually well, this is a good comment here from Token Aussie. He says, uh, regarding GoldenEye multiplayer, it's the Nintendo 64 emulation that they use, so the online multiplayer will be split screen. Cool. Which, which, I had not, is that I hadn't heard that? So if that's true, I, so that's crazy. What? Oh boy, man, this deal gets worse all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put cardboard squares up on my 80 inch OLED just to make it feel like <laughs> the old days. Yeah. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Switch Online people. Don't ever come come after me and my Xbox uh, mm-hmm. uh, setups here, me like an infinite or whatnot. You're over there, here like... yeah. There are plenty just... of things that we can talk about with each ecosystem <laughs> that they need to work on. Online's Switch fine on... on Xbox. If you play on the Switch, we're good on Xbox. Leave leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, they just added Discord and over. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, Switch Online's like they got the paper cups and the string. <laughs> <laughs> we'll mail you a play, a cup, but we're not providing the string. No, no the string is extra. That's right. You better get that family plan to get some string. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. Next was a great announcement, which Dan went bonkers for, which is that like a dragon, Ishan is coming west it's a ground up it, remake uh, and multi yeah i'm sorry i kind of yeah. cutting you off i'm sorry no no it's fine if you let me finish the fucking sentence i could actually read uh, <laughs> what, what it says. Uh, <laughs> um so basically this was weird because during state of play we got like a dragon Asian, right which is coming west it's coming to all multi-platform as you just said it's coming in february but then during the rgg studio stream the following day we found that uh there's multiple new Yakuza games, even though they're not called Yakuza anymore. There's multiple U- new Yakuza games coming. So, but the yeah. state of play, we got the Ishin, uh trailer. Looks, Did, looks great though. Looks good. Yeah. yeah. Looks really good. Are any of them exclusive? No, not that I saw. Someone that's can a, me. That's a that's an exciting idea because of the idea of losing others like Final Fantasy and such, and learning that that Yakuza or its its now likeness. Are staying multi-platform to me. That's an encouraging sign that Xbox continues to push for for Japanese developed games. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. CC um, Gordon, <laughs> Gecko Gamer in the house. What's up, dude? Uh, then they showed the ex- 
this is kind of funny and ironic given the conversation. Right? <laughs> they showed uh, Hogwarts Legacy, specifically the quest that is exclusive to PlayStation. That is not going to be inadequate quest. That's right. So they showed that they literally took time out of their state of play to show a quest that is only on PlayStation for Hogwarts Legacy. Um, then they showed a game called Pacific Drive. You know, they like to plug in these games from newer developers. So it's a first. This is a weird sentence to say. It's a first person survival driving game. That's what it's described as. So you're in a car surviving a, I guess, post apocalyptic. I don't know what. Um, mm -hmm. but that's up. Then they talked about the digital collectibles that you can get through places. It looked like Death Stranding meets Mad Max, if that made any sense. That sounds yeah, enticing. That's the, that's the elevator pitch. Because you just see this guy walk into a gas station, and then all of a sudden there's like a storm and he's running and getting in his car and driving and yeah, just trying off. to dodge all types of debris. Sounds like I'll never play it, but that's a better pitch than survival driving. First it looks like a great game for a PS Plus month. Yeah, that's what yeah, it yeah. there you yeah. go. It, it excited me, you know. So they, did they it? Got okay, me. that's good because it didn't hey. sound exciting. So okay, yeah, he's a, he's a. You know, I'm a Sony pony. I, I love. Maybe if I if maybe if I comment on enough Jim Ryan tweets, you'll you'll notice me. It's <laughs> a, a really adequate um, statement you made. We're not funny, Ains. We're just uh, yeah. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the punchline, but you know, uh, PlayStation Stars digital collectibles. Does anyone care about this? <laughs> no one. No, I can screenshot. Well, what what was this? About? What was this about? Why? I don't know. Grace, I I, I said this during our stream. They got to fix. They they got to fix their presenter game because they got to bring me into a locale. Don't bring me into a dark room with you. You know. Like PlayStation does. Jim Ryan's in this weird, dark, draped room. Same with Grace. It's like, what am I about to be murdered? Or why are you trying to sell me? Hearing nothing but meows in the background. <laughs> exactly. Like Apple, they'll be like, here's the garden in Apple Land. It's like, oh, this is nice. And then they'll zoom up to someone in a cool capsule and there's like something CG and it explodes behind them. Like, that's cool. Don't yeah. give me this weird behind an Applebee's type of you know thing yeah it is Stop. weird yeah the lighting like, is off even you the notice. xbox one they use like a uh almost like a fake e3 stage right where they yeah. stand on and do the background like yeah a um, multi-billion dollar company yeah yeah they put some wacky better. shit behind you <laughs> uh yeah i don't know what this digital collectible i people in the chat saying the same thing it looks like some type of scrapped nft approach they were going to take maybe before all the fallout happened and outrage happened with nfts you know maybe this was in development for a while who knows but uh that's coming back to the games they then showed a game called sin sin duality which is a new ip from bandai namco coming next year um you can look at the trailer for that one it's mm. uh, you and an ai partner in the post-apocalyptic world of amasia whatever that is amasia sounds like american asia combined i don't know if that's what they're going for uh stellar blade is the new name for project eve Right. And we found out that this is uh, being um, uh, now a console exclusive to PlayStation coming next year. PS5. Correct. It looks we, good. It does. And we knew about Product Eve, but it's not Parasite Eve related, correct? No. Not that I'm aware of. And it was okay. announced for Xbox as well. So something happened with the development of this where PlayStation maybe stepped in and said, hey, it looks like you need help. We can help fund it. But, you know, you know how that goes. We were just talking about it. So, yeah, it is now an exclusive. 
and it, it looks great it looks it looks very like devil may cry ask i love the parry system but uh and we mentioned this on the trophy room the boob physics fellas come on <laughs> was it dead come or alive style shaking it's top? it's like it's like someone thinks that boobs are like water beds you know <laughs> yeah. the slightest movement blah, 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 blah. dreamcast physics right there exactly and we all yeah. like just if you're going to animate boobs at least like you know touch them <laughs> you know what I mean? get, get, get a reference it got we all know they, we all know they animate like bags of sand bags, bags of sand, of sand. Mm-hmm. uh did oh. they end it with a god of war Ains? i've got two more so they, they quickly showed Fatal Frame, uh, the horror game coming to PS4, PS5 next year. And then the big one, the other big one that was shown, obviously, besides God of War, I thought anyway, was Rise of the Ronin, which is from Team Ninja. Uh, this is another console exclusive uh, coming in 2024. They're already way out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's between, uh, is it Wolong, I believe? Yeah. Um, and Fallen Dynasty and Rise of the Ronin. It looks like uh, Team Ninja is trying to make a a big comeback here but um you know they make if you like hardcore action games team ninja's always been great at that so it looked cool yeah i think i i really think they're back on the rise man i think neo and neo 2 have been so stellar for them mm-hmm. um they're, they're a fantastic team wulong gets me really excited because of the pedigrees that are behind that project this game really looks like they're they're like what if we just put like some weird Sekiro like mantling or, or hook shots with an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> let's do that. Let's let's get a little weird with it. Um, I'm so in on this. This looks really cool. It's a point in history that is us Westerners we totally ignore, but it is so fascinating. Like, yeah, the 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 slow dying of of the Ronin to like the modernization of Japan and all that, like awesome time period to dive into and tell interesting stories in so i'm uh i'm i'm rooting for this one for sure yeah me too and uh it made me curious when i saw this around team ninja itself because i haven't looked it up i don't know how many developers they are how big of a studio they are but it immediately i thought they're not that big and maybe that's wrong uh but they're not that big i would assume that wolong is further along than we maybe thought mm-hmm. um because that's why this is 2024 right get wolong out maybe early next year and then you've got your whole studio a year and a half or so to to finish this up assuming it even releases in 2024 right mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and then they end with uh they're going to be selling a god of war ragnarok controller a dual sense um coming later this year and of course the god of war ragnarok uh, story trailer came out which everyone has told me is incredible um i've heard fantastic things about it but like i said i'm completely dark on god of war you don't have to sell me on this game i just want to experience it when i get it I will say, I will not describe the trailer. I will say there are very cool things that are said. That mm. teases the mind of the possibilities. And for me, as like a big God of War 2018 stand, um, you know, we were talking big, um, big cast months ago of like, you know, when we say like a game's a masterpiece or perfect, it's not perfect. Right. So our favorite games have flaws. Uh, and the one flaw with God of War was just like, a lot of the enemies were samey or bosses were many of them yep this one very much seems like no 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 no. we're gonna have quite a few mm-hmm. so cool. the variety is there i'm i'm digging where this game is going and um 
as stated prior before i thought like hey man putting this game against the elden ring that's like that's a lot of expectations for this thing yeah at the end of that trailer i'm like yeah okay if there's any game that could do it it's this one (laughs) like this this one this one looks like a contender and it just to me this game is going to be massive i i just wonder what the sales are going to be like for this game because it's it's going to be phenomenal i'm sure yeah. yeah um yeah the game of the year thing is going to be interesting because i was, I was <clears> talking <throat> in our discord to a few people and you know i'm an Elden ring stan um and i said honestly god of war would have to move so far away from its formula to beat Elden ring for me personally um because Elden ring was such a unique grand experience something like i haven't experienced in gaming in many years and i don't think i don't think it's fair to put that on ragnarok because that's not what it's going for right it's a different yeah. game um that does not mean in any sense that one, it's not going to be another masterpiece or two can't win game of the year because narrative it's coming out at the right time. Yes. Narratively, it's going to be recency bias, right? Uh, narratively, we know that these types of games do extremely well when it comes to critical ratings and award shows. Right. Um, and it's probably going to be the more, I guess it's fair to say refined experience to players sure. than an Elden Ring, right? So it, was, it wouldn't surprise right. me at all if this comes in and takes Game of the Year. It, oh, I, I think I, I, I think it's still Elden Ring. I do not think it's Elden Ring. I think God of War oh, really? is going to take it. Um, um, I will, I'm pretty adamant. Like, you know, I love Elden Ring as well. I mean, I, I well, like if you look at critical ratings, right? I don't think even if God of War is spectacular again, do you think it gets a 96 meta? I do not think it gets a 96 meta. I think it's getting a 94, 95. And I'm not saying that to be like nitpicky. I I think some people, critical reviewers, are going to tag it because it's a sequel and it it has a lot of the same same things as its first one. Well, I know so, it's a seventy dollars DLC, Luke. We all know that. Yeah, oh, I mean, right. dude, yeah. I'm not buying. I'm Obvious. boycotting this day one, day two, Obvious. day one hundred. <laughs> you, you know what? what I am really, buying it. I'm buying the $250 edition. I think I bought that one too. I bought one of the whatever got the hammer. I got the hammer. Yeah. Um, I wanted the hammer. Uh, so, and I I only caught clips of the trailer. I didn't stick in with the story or anything. But okay. the end was a quote, and I thought that quote. Uh, Joe, do you know what I'm speaking of? I, I know. I probably know the quote because everyone wrote it on Twitter about a thousand times. Correct. Okay, so I didn't want to, to ruin anything for you about death. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's easy. okay. Then <laughs> I mean, may I share it? Because I want to. Yeah. I want to reference that. Sure. That's the only thing I know. Okay. So there's a quote at the end of the trailer with uh, this just incredible performance by um, Judd. Oh gosh, I'm Chris Judge. I know you mean Chris. Thank you, Judge. Chris Judge. Thank you. And when he says, "Death can have me when it earns me," when it yeah. earns me. <laughs> that is, it was quintessential Kratos, but the evolved version that we yeah. got in God of War 2018. And it something about that quote, and perhaps this is just me projecting, but I genuinely listened to that quote, seeing that moment. It took me back to the entirety of God of War 2018, the entire journey we went on. And that quote alone just took me places. And I was like, yes, the writing here is coming correct. I'm excited for it. This is the tone I want from God of War Ragnarok. And I was in. Yeah, And I'm like Ains and many others trying to stay fairly quiet on yeah. God of War because I know I want it. I know I'm going to play it. 
the there the other line to me because like that one's the badass one that you put on twitter there yeah. was another quote though that i absolutely loved that ex- it was always something i was thinking when i was like when i think of kratos mm-hmm. so again not to spoil anything for ants so that that one i'm like oh i wonder where they're going with that arc mm-hmm. that's gonna be very interesting and i mm-hmm. think the main arc as well because i think that line as well like lean leans into what i think the end of this game is gonna kind of be god of war 2018 ended with a wonderful reveal that we won't spoil for people uh that that are interested but that reveal i'm curious to know how public they make that reveal when god of war ragnarok comes out oh that's good yeah like how they open the game with it correct yeah like will it be public knowledge yeah uh versus the kind of quiet secret that it is Mm -hmm. uh yes Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Luke. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'd say it's just it. It's so funny because once you know the the reveal, it's right there. It was there in the first moments of Tr- yeah. God of War twenty eighteen and such. And it, it's neat because you you get that beautiful hindsight. But how do you address it in a sequel? Sometimes that damages the magic. It's like finding out that uh, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Once you know that moment is gone, you can never have it again. Uh, but I'm curious how they handle that. Yeah, I think uh, I know you guys. We've joked about this before. You guys are higher on God of War than me, um, and I know others that are lower on it than me. I kind of sit in the range of it's an incredible game. I it, it deserved all the accolades it got. I just don't think it's you know, you know, one of the greatest games of all time. I'm not there um, for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons I thought is that um, the performances in that game are extraordinary christopher judge is amazing i mean they're, they're fantastic but i thought that and you're right the the kind of twist or whatever you want to call it at the end is it was like oh you know like that kind of yeah. took everyone back and you're like oh god where's this gonna go and that is what excites me probably the most about ragnarok is that i don't mind if they the whole reused assets thing conversation drives me nuts i don't give a shit okay yeah. Okay. You know, the game looks like go back and play 2018 on your PS5. It still looks freaking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what I want to see is I want to see enemy variety, as we've talked about. I want to see them move a little more away. I've told you guys this from the PlayStation formula, right? Get get a little unique, more unique with God of War than all of your other PlayStation first party titles, which kind of have similar menus and upgrade systems and, mm-hmm. you know, get a little more unique with it. But the thing I want to see most is exactly what you alluded to, which is, okay, you're right. We're not going to have that. Well, we don't know. Now that we know that shock, I hope that that allows them to flesh out a story that is more from beginning to end than the first game. One of the problems I had with the first game is is that you're on this journey and it builds and you meet characters along the way. I don't want to downplay it. What's his name? Mimir is incredible. I love that. Mimir. but not a lot of characters. It's a very small cast. Yeah, and it's and it it builds and then kind of like right at the end, right? You get this payoff, which is awesome. But mm. when you when you reflect on the whole journey, right? It's like there could have been like it was all here. <laughs> you know what I yes, mean? Like yeah. wasn't a whole lot here. And I'm like with Ragnarok, they now have the capability to make it a full breadth story that really pulls you in all the way through the game. And mm. I'm really hoping that they've nailed that. Yeah, it's it's funny because. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I put a lot of time into Elden Ring. Um, not as much as you, Ains, of course, but like so significant time, right? I believe I was well over 100 hours. Um, I don't know a thing that happened in that story. And I played it. I paid attention. I was there. 
but it was so complex in the way that it told a story versus say God of War. <laughs> What's that? It's a from game. Yes, correct. <laughs> and and I've, I I believe the word I kept using when we did cast back then was obtuse. That obtuse approach meant a very different story experience for me than a God of War than some of the other third person games. I'm, I'm currently in Cyberpunk right now, which is a first person experience that I'm told is all about the story. Hmm. It's good. It's really good, but it feels like oh, I'm playing... I do have a bone to pick with you on that. Okay. Um, when we <laughs> give me one sec. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know, never mind. I lost my point. Um, I think I think uh, Cyberpunk. I'm sorry. Is basically, Rage Two and and Watch Dogs uh, together. I think it's like the merge. It's they're basically the same game. And I uh, like just... Watch Dogs, but that still makes me cringe. It's it, well, I I knew it would, but I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not even trolling you when I say it feels like I'm playing Watch Dogs and Rage Two kind of merged oh together with a quality up. And oh I'm liking boy. it. I really like it. But like I'm hacking. I'm planning out my hacks. I'm shooting stuff. I have really good gunplay. The driving feels exactly like Rage Two, <laughs> which is weird to think about because I never oh thought boy. I'd think about that game again. It is weird, weird, but I like the game. It's really good, Ains. Like I'm genuinely not dissing it as I make this funny analogy. No, I know, I know, but and, and I know you and I actually three of us have talked about this not only on this show, on other shows, in DMs and everything. But I really struggle, and I'm not picking on you, Luke. So don't take it cool. personally. Yeah. But I I really struggle when I when we talk about. I'm trying to think the best way to word this. You're talking about a game right which is a certain experience it's oh a, i know where you're going with this it's a western rpg right and, and generally speaking western rpgs are expansive long games yes, and, yes you yes. know you have to invest into them correct um if you don't right like you're mm -hmm. eight hours in which and i i hate this statement just as much as you guys do where it's like well it gets Here really go. good after 30 hours right right but we have to face the reality that they build these experiences to be 60, 80, 100 hour games and that the arcs of all the stories you take in that city, the characters you meet, Johnny, sure. Johnny uh, Silverhand. I mm -hmm. um, love his performance. This is my point, though, right? You haven't seen anything yet. Like mm. there's so much more that happens with Johnny Silverhand to where mm -hmm. at the end of that game, there's a scene and I won't spoil it for you, but there's a scene where it's just you and him. And you're mm -hmm. reflecting on everything that's occurred prior mm -hmm. in the game. And I sat there looking at my TV and I was like, I didn't even like Johnny Silverhand at the start because he's kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm a few hours in and I was like, I'm not really dicking Keanu's character here. Like he kind mm -hmm. of annoys me more than anything. By the end of that game, now we're talking 130 hours because you know how I play games. Sure. I'm sitting there in front of my TV looking at it. I'm like, he's legitimately one of my favorite gaming characters of all time. Like Very cool because of the journey you take. So the point I'm getting to here is I, I find it really hard for uh, comments like you made, where it's like I'm eight hours in and I'm not seeing the uh, impressiveness of this. And, and my thought this, is what made it special, what made, what made it, it special. special. Right. And, and, and my first thought, as soon as I read that was, well, of course not. You haven't experienced what's special about it yet. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think we have to separate the time from what makes these games special. Like I think, if you know this is a Western RPG and it's an 80 hour game, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have to know that to find out what makes it special, you're going to have to put 80 hours into it. And that, that it's not even like, I'm not even saying you have to play it all. I'm just saying that you're not going to understand what's special about it. If you don't do that, it, it's an analogy I always make, which I know we've talked about before is like a movie, right? It's like, 
there's think of your favorite movie, whatever that is. I'm sure it's Justice League or, you know, like the four hour Justice League, right? Snyder's we'll, we'll pimp it out for sure. you. So think of the the arcs that you take with those characters in that, mm -hmm. in that movie, right? And how it culminates or mm -hmm. I don't know it as well as you guys do at all because you talk about, but like whatever happened with Avengers and the whole MCU arc, right? Sure. Imagine like you guys, I see people all the time, like you guys talk about infinity, um, infinity war, right. Mm -hmm. And the culmination that that built to over time. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, someone could watch the first 10 movies of the MCU, right. Not mm -hmm. watch the other, how many, like 23 or something? 24? Sure. In oh, the wow. real MCU. In the real MCU. Oh, no, it's a dumb I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're correct. The point yes, I'm yes. making is like, yeah, you yeah. get you get 20% through and watch a couple Iron Mans. I'm making this up as I go. I but you, you. Know, no, you know where I'm going, right? Yeah. You, you do that and you're like, I don't see why people are so excited about Infinity War or what, why this is so sure. special. It's like, well, you, you haven't experienced the full arc of what the creator, the developer was going for to make you feel special about it. I think you're making good points. I know Joe wants to get in, exactly, but, but I think you're making a very good analogy with that. But I think there's a difference between our discussions about what makes a game special, like the top tier. Because mind you, I'm enjoying Cyberpunk a lot. I'm really yeah. liking it. Um, and the discussions we've had about you can't, you can't have an opinion on a game because you haven't experienced it. It's like, yo, dog, I played eight hours. I can have an opinion, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I know I've been I know I've been harder lined on that in the past. Like I think you can have an I think what I've said before, you can have an opinion, you can't review it. And I don't agree with that to a point. <laughs> to a point. Like there's a line, right? There is a subjective line of like you can Joe's being real weird. You can be um you can have an opinion on something, you can have impressions of something, review impressions, but you can't I don't think you can call it a finality thing. I think if you're reviewing it, you do need to have finished it. Uh that that is important to call it a true review but if you're up front with your audience you're talking about impressions you want to have an opinion on it yes you can play a fraction of it and discuss that that to me is different than saying i don't get why it's special because those are two different statements i think i can have an opinion on cyberpunk now i'm eight hours in you can have an opinion hours. on it for sure but yeah. i but i i to your original point which i think oh, is boy, valid. no 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 i'm just gonna say i think luke was uh right in saying that different things make different games special mm -hmm. and i don't think cyberpunk has an incredible atmosphere i mean i really love cyberpunk but um games can have certain aspects that make them special and the thing i think that is most special about cyberpunk are the relationships in the game that you have because how it how it structures it is each main character that you meet you mm -hmm. get a set uh list of kind of story missions with that character mm -hmm. and each one has its own arc Right. Yeah. Beginning to end with that I'm character. That. And, yep. and then Johnny overlaps the whole game mm -hmm. on top of all of that. Mm. So that's kind of what makes it special. And the problem is, to your point, is that to really experience all that, you got to put a ton of time into it. Where, say, a game like we were just talking God of War, for example. Now, of course, that does have something special like we were talking about with the story. But you can kind of feel other aspects that are special about that game. Right. The, the, the way it's presented the the cinematics in that game the the mm -hmm. way it feels for that to hold the axe in, in combat you know there's it depends on the type of game i think so i think that's valid and, and i'll tell you what if there was a single i'm playing the 1.6 version if this thing was bugging out on me i'd be done <laughs> and that that to me is telling of how the experience that others got from it because i'm really enjoying my experience like i really am but if it was bugging and breaking and taking forever to load, 
it was popping in so badly it removed me real hard from it because yeah. it does rely on that narrative joe you've been really patient bud yeah i've been yeah, falling I, asleep yeah and i got two more things to say um one <laughs> it depends it also depends what you as a player appreciate right sure some people are going to appreciate fast combat whatever that is right or looks for you some people are going to appreciate a hundred hour narrative arc with a character Mm -hmm. depends what you like lastly sure. google says it's like rdr2 the gameplay epilogue really makes the game but few get that far so sad agree rdr2 is a goat go ahead Jeff. <laughs> i got to the epilogue <laughs> i just wanted it to end um, I'm, I'm gonna mute you now no i've been here's the thing here's the thing i want to apologize about red dead redemption 2 because one person on our podcast like joe you really shit on that game but like when it's like last of us 2 you're like please end the conversation i don't want to hear it anymore but you always bash red dead 2 and i'm like i get it this is why you're <laughs> mr bad take it's fine well no because here's the thing i so actually i think this is a great example I don't like Red Dead Redemption. I, or sorry, I love Red Dead Redemption. Okay. It's one of Oof. my favorite games Oof. of all time. Oof. Yes. I'm ranked, I was ranked number like 200 something in the world of in the online portion. I loved that game. Hundreds of God knows how many hours into it. Um, I don't like Red Dead Redemption 2. I think the game is way too far up its own ass with a story that's not ambitious whatsoever. It's just trying to, it's just trying to tell me the, the, the movie Tombstone, right? I beat uh, Red Dead Redemption or almost beat Red Dead Redemption. I, I put it down. I put 40 plus hours in that game. I don't like that game. Two? Two. Uh, two. Okay. I like that game. I'm sorry I brought it up already. No, but like, but like, but that being said, I, I, I can still give it like, there are some arcs that are incredible. Like when you're with the Native Americans, that 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 arc is awesome. That's what I wish this entire game was. Charles honestly. is awesome. Charles is awesome. Uh, the open world is phenomenal. Just how rich it is and dense it is with just little things. Awesome. Burning Ku Klux Klan members alive. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. The mansion scene. That's kind of where it should have been legendary uh, great all like it's a it, there are moments that are, are are great we can have i think layered conversations even when i'm just like at the end of the day this didn't jive with me i could still find that there are great elements in it and um and still find praise to to, to share for it it's like to last, me, of us, last of us too for a lot of people yeah and gavin 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 oh oh that's it's a Red Dead 2 joke. Don't worry. Carry on. All right. All right. Fair enough. I thought it was like a person. I was like, hey, Gavin. No, you didn't. You <laughs> might not have met him in the game. There's a there's a character in Red Dead 2 you can find in uh -oh. a city who is randomly in the city, and he's looking for his brother he's, named he's, Gavin. Yes. And he says, can yeah. you help find him? And you keep running into him throughout the game, and he's just yelling, Gavin! Gavin! Yeah, I remember that dude now he's saying it. So, <laughs> like, yeah, like, the world's incredible, but, like, there are games where to me when i'm playing a game and it's not hooking me and i'm eight hours in i can drop that now i could be i i could mess around and be like bad game whatever and we're just joking around as friends but that's not it. to me if i'm eight hours into a game and i'm not connecting with it and i got a like 92 more hours to go that's 
that that game then is just not for me yeah which is what cyberpunk is at the end of the day okay. game's not for me and i think what ruined it for me was the allure of what or the promise of what cyberpunk was going to be and it mm-hmm. just wasn't i was expecting the second coming of christ because cd project red was selling me the second coming of christ mm-hmm. seeing what they've done with with witcher 3 i was looking for something more ambitious in that space and it was more of a, a safe bet for me that said you know there are games like skyrim that get hooked me the first five minutes and i'm in for the next 100 plus hours and there are games that do that there are games that don't i understand some games need to take time but man if i'm eight hours in that's a lot that's because like for me it's like not every mcu movie hits but god damn do i love black panther or like you know civil or civil war or um, winter soldier and i don't like black widow but that doesn't ruin the the entire experience because there are so many great films there for me to enjoy that's all i gotta say on the matter because really what i want to talk to you guys about because you went on way too long of a tangent is um is something here all right guys have you seen this have heard about this there were other showcases we got marvel midnight or sorry the marvel and disney showcase and then the ubisoft showcases mm-hmm. and when i was doing the and show notes for, game show Oh yeah, and Tokyo Game Show. But I'm, I, trust me, walk okay, with me. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm walking with you. I'm on a journey. When we're when we're talking about these showcases, I I typed it up here when it comes to everything notable, and I said PlayStation related on the Marvel and Ubisoft showcases. But you could put Xbox related in there, and it's going to be a similar list. Um, Marvel Midnight Suns coming December second. This is mm-hmm. the the Disney showcase. Yep. Captain America and Black Panther Skydance game. Finally, talk about yeah. These these two are pretty much the only big things that that showcase. When it comes to like Tom, sorry, when it comes to Ubisoft, we got some Tom Clancy games, we got a lot of Assassin's Creed gifts, but what we saw a ton of from both of these showcases are mobile games. Yep, phones. I want to know what you thought of the showcase, Ains. I want to know what your thoughts on them hanging on to mobile showcasing it to us because i don't think we're the audience for it um and is this one of those red flags that we should kind of get a little nervous for in the coming years Hmm. well your first point i would generally agree with um I obviously they have data and analytics and study who watches these things but hogue made a similar point on big cast on sunday which was your audience that is tuning in to your showcase on twitch or youtube like we do right are not your mobile gamers at least it wouldn't seem as though right we don't know um but it wouldn't seem as though so why are you not focusing on kind of your big AAA projects or your other projects and then doing a separate showcase or some type of presenting your mobile experiences separately somehow um i don't know what that looks like uh should we worry about this as a kind of a red flag or like a harbinger if you will um maybe a little bit it depends on your personal preferences um but i tend to live like i'm old i joke all the time and i've lived through a bunch of stuff and at this point i just kind of like accept things as they are because you can't change it Mm -hmm. and the fact is is that mobile is going to be a huge focus for gaming it already is obviously uh but it's a growing focus for the companies that traditionally 
have not focused on mobile that we're aware of, right? Like Xbox is taking one approach to it. Obviously, we've been talking about that for a few years. Um, PlayStation is investing heavily into it. In fact, they acquired a company recently to focus on mobile. They are upping their investment into mobile. Uh, Nintendo commented on mobile and talked about their investment in mobile in their recent fiscal report that I reported on. Um, so these companies that we've grown and loved and, you know, play with every day in terms of the big three from a console maker perspective, all three are investing in the mobile space. This is part partially why I write more about Xbox than I do the other two is one, they're just more open with information, <laughs> yep. but two, um, that they uh, the way that they're focusing on ecosystem, which is a word I've used a million times is more interesting to me because they are attacking the mobile market from a different approach, which is the mobile experience should match your console or PC experience um, and play those games rather than developing dedicated mobile games, uh, which is, you know, we'll see how that works long term. Um, so that's a long winded way to say that. Yeah, you're going to see this. The developers that you've seen only make console games or only make PC games, you know, AAA games for years are investing more into mobile than they ever have. I, I don't think it's necessarily a negative, though, because the pie is bigger. So the, the money in the gaming industry is bigger than it's ever been. It considers continues to grow more than 10% year over year, which is a fantastically large growing industry. You know, if you look across different industries, um, and so even like with PlayStation, right, I tell people this all the time. By 2025, 45% of their uh, investment is going into PC and mobile, which if you say that to a PlayStation hardcore fan who doesn't follow this stuff, they're like, the hell are you talking about? You know what I mean? It sounds like they're mm -hmm. giving up on PS5. But then I tell them, but the 55% that they're investing in the PS5 and PSVR 2 is more money than they're investing right now in, or than they were investing in the PS4 and PS5. So you see what I mean? Like the pie is is growing. So even though more money is getting into mobile, it doesn't mean they're necessarily subtracting developers or talent or investment into the, the games. We, for lack of a better word, hard. So I should like. I should try to kind of control the urge to hurl myself off a cliff. No, I didn't say I'm that. Watching these things. No, we still want you to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I did, don't don't put words in my mouth. I yeah. mean, you know, and just a future if proof, proof. If you're I on mean, the edge of the cliff and you're having thoughts, I mean, do what you got to do. But yeah, no, no, I don't even want to joke about that. That's the yeah, I'm gonna. Bring no, that I joked about bit, Luke but. having COVID on the show and like <laughs> it was taking close. him out. Yeah, and, I think anyone uh, who watches this show with the three of us knows. Hopefully, knows what I you felt know. like. I was gonna get canceled. Because <laughs> I didn't even say condolences for Hillary in advance. <laughs> and you just told me to jump. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, yeah, that's, I got, that's, I, that's I got a goal. text saying, "Do it, you coward." <laughs> yeah, this is weird. Um, you bet you don't have the stones to do it. Wow, yeah. <laughs> do a flip. What? <laughs> uh, flip. I'll <laughs> have a GoPro on. Mobile and VR and anything else nintendo maybe i'm not sure um i do not get mad that they exist i am continuously confused that they are put into uh mainstream showcases but i know i recognize they want articles written and such and people to talk about it because like yeah sure i might play, like there's a cyberpunk related mobile game i might download that and play for a few minutes but i'm not I'm, that's never my device yeah. It'll never be my device, and it's not my. I'm gaming. not the audience. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Nor is VR at this point in time for me. That's not to say yeah. I wouldn't. And like, you know, maybe Xbox makes one or links up with Meta or whatever it is. Maybe I am if I can get achievements and stuff. But like, it's just not sure. for me. And I don't get mad that, that it exists. But because I'm getting, I'm not as old as Ains, but I'm getting to the point where I don't hey. listen. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, whatever. Vote for you. Well, I don't, you're an idiot. Whatever. I, the i don't give a shit attitude only gets worse <laughs> yeah but sometimes it's healthy you need that sometimes to detach yeah. yourself from being upset you can't be angry yeah. all the time no it's very tiresome very anxiety writing or written whatever right. awful yeah okay okay so we talk about these showcases we shouldn't hurl ourselves off of buildings Breath of the Wild too. did you did you guys Breath play this sorry before you got there i was going back to disney did you guys play this dreamlight valley no. no, I don't ask that sarcastically because I haven't played it either. But Mm-mm. the way Travis reviewed it for IGN and mm-hmm. Hogue was playing it with his daughters, and the way they were talking about it was that this is going to be one of those mega billion dollar IPs in the near yeah. future. So if you don't know what this is, and I'll be real quick. The early access know, one? Early access. It's like an Animal Crossing game, but with Disney IP in and think of everything Disney owns, as you guys Prince well know. You, you, you know better than me. So yeah. it has like you can create relationships with uh, Ratatouille, you know, or and they're going to have obviously Marvel and they're going to have Star Wars and they're going to have all this Are stuff. Are we fucking Woody? R- yeah, relationships? Yeah, like, no, no, relationships? Like, no, no, like, come on. Are we fucking Woody? Well, like, dude, the way you made it sounds like, all right, is Ratatouille yeah. hooking up with Elsa? Are we doing this? Like, Where, you... where's Ratatouille going? I told you I haven't played it. And obviously, if that was happening, I would have played it. Disney's really going for it. <laughs> I'm waiting for Disney to man up and make a game like this. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, uh, and it is set up. It's made by GameLoft, and it's set up with the foundation to have passes and microtransactions and stuff. But they said that it's a lot more meaningful. Like, mm. there's more to the game and the management of it than you would think, and that people are already raving about this, and it's early access. So the you listen to because the, the way that they made it sound, it was like this game's going to be huge. And if you think oh, of what Disney gross. owns in terms of IPs, mm-hmm. forget about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. I had no problem. Oh. That's cool. Live and let live. Rock on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nintendo. A lot of farming stuff. A lot. There's like Nintendo. There are just some games where I'm like, how did you get in here? Like there was like a. What is it you always say, Joe? Sniffing glue. Yeah. <laughs> They're eating glue. I don't get it. I don't, I wish I could get it. Like all these games are super weird. I bet they they got to be doing something right because everybody loves them, but. I saw like was it Fist of the North Stars, like a dance fighting rhythm exercise game, and it looks awful. Like there's just some there's some weird things in there. But like Zelda looks nice, but this console is really showing its age at this point. Man, can I tell you everyone talking about how great Tears of the Kingdom looks and stuff? I don't get it. Breath of the Wild it's special and i know ain's got a, a hang up on it but like i felt i felt like that was a special experience the switch was new this was a fresh take on zelda yeah. and whatnot you're gonna have to really really bring it to to make tears of, of the kingdom stand out in a world where we've now gotten to elden ring god of war ragnarok uh and, and so many other experiences because gaming has continued to evolve and evolution is not Nintendo's best thing. New things, weird things. Yes. But evolving. No, 
they get they're hit and miss. So I'm really curious if Tears of the Kingdom. Also, still hey, stop stop scrolling through all that pornography. Yeah, it's really it. awkward. The, the it's actually uh, it's Nintendo Direct summary. So I'm oh, trying really? to see what games stand out. Okay, yeah, nothing. Pikmin nothing. Four is coming. Cool. I'll be the first Pikmin game I play if I pick it up. By the way, don't please don't bring out Miyamoto, who is an absolute obvious legend in the industry, and say yeah. now for the big moment, and then talk about Pikmin. Don't do that to me ever again. Please, Fair. Nintendo. That that was rude, honestly. Yeah. Um, bad game forever is a delayed game tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. So I don't know. For this is one of those, just like we were saying, guys. Um, it's just not for me. I am not yeah. the audience, and the audience is bigger than I expect every single time for these things. Mm-hmm. The it, this thing had like the Nintendo Direct official on Nintendo of America's YouTube had millions and millions of views immediately after it mm-hmm. finished. Um, it's just not for me. I, I there's not much here at all that interests me. Can I tell you? I I, I really want to know who's watching it in those quantities. Um, and that's not a diss to the the company, but like they market to children. Are kids watching those trailers? Is it bots? Is it recycled <laughs> scrolls? <laughs> Nintendo's out there buying bots to make them look popular. <laughs> I don't even we, mean. We, we know like, that's not true because look at their sales. I mean, right? And I don't mean it in a corrupt way. I'm just curious. Who's watching it that much? Like, they market to kids. The content creators are, are a small fraction, like the people our age. So who's watching it? Is it Joe's brother? Like, is it the people that I was talking about earlier in the show that, Mr. Laura, I did this. Hey, coach, you played this? Like, is it them? Yeah. Who? I I'm trying know. to see how many views it has now. Like Their official one, 4.5 million. Yeah. That's also streamed, but... 4.5 million. Four and a half million in two days. Watch the direct. And four million uh, of just the Legend of Zelda one alone. So, again, it's huge. It's huge. So, yeah. And now, probably, to be clear, I'm not huge. mocking. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I can picture the demographic that's watching a Deathloop trailer or the Ragnarok trailer or Elder. I feel like I can picture it each time in my mind. Who's watching Kirby? So Who's I. Watching- <laughs> So I think this is one of those perfect instances. By the way, the state of play has 1.3 million. So Nintendo has nearly four times as many views wow. Uh, wow. as PlayStation, which in itself is massive, right? Yeah. So um, I think this is one of those perfect instances where this our group that we know and love, our guys, the people in the chat, the, the other shows we watch, the people that we interact with on a daily basis on Twitter and social media and, and YouTube, we are a absolute microcosm of the gaming industry we, i mean literally we we don't represent hardly anything and this global market that continues to grow nintendo between the nostalgia between the uh the kind of age appropriate whatever word you want to use for that um and the fact that they combined the console and mobile market for the ds and the the, the wii if you will into mm-hmm. one unit they've just they've absolutely crushed it man and they just Let's not forget, they not only have IP strength too, but they have this niche. No one is doing what Nintendo is doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they just. And it goes, brings back to the original topic that we were having is, you know, if, in the start of the show is maybe when it comes to like Call of Duty leaving, PlayStation finds their niche and capitalizes on it. Because there's something obviously Nintendo's doing right without the big tentpole titles like a Madden or a FIFA or whatever, and there is something between the like what you, what what you say it's PlayStation's my exclusive machine, Nintendo's uh-huh. my exclusive machine. Yeah. 
So like th- there is there is this future that PlayStation could be just as weird as Nintendo. We're looking at them going like, who's into this? But it's like me and Kyle are into the Bloodborne 2 when it gets revealed. You know? Yeah, I'll I see, mean, I'll that's a perfect God. example. Like, <laughs> like to us, Bloodborne 2 or remake, whatever, Bloodborne comes, right? We're going to be thinking this I is the too. biggest news we have had in five years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bloodborne sold 2 million copies. In two right? Years. Well, yeah, I mean, no one's bought what, that. Elden Ring did that in like what a day, two days. Shut the fuck. <laughs> no, mean, no, that's the point. Ains is making. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is like yeah, we're, yeah. people are gonna act like it's God's gift. It's kind of like us with Halo. Maybe like Halo's not landing amongst the kids. It's not landing big. You know, like, no. Halo has a, a nostalgic audience as well, but not to the level. Yeah, I mean, not like this, right? I mean, when you talk about what is it, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is nearing forty million copies sold. It's a yeah. port. Yeah. Support. But it's God tier fun. Oh, I'm not I'm not arguing the fun factor of it. I have no, it for the Wii U. I, I loved it. Um, but it's yeah. just it's it's nuts what Nintendo does. And I don't Get think yeah, I think they can um they can continue to do that. I think the other thing you were joking, uh, not joking, but around um Call of Duty, right? With PlayStation Joe, Dash said a really good comment that I wanted to mm. highlight earlier in the show, which he said if we see it could be really good to see PlayStation against the wall. Um, and I completely agree. Cause that's what woke Xbox up. Um, and the Xbox we have today is literally because, and I've said this many times, right? They got their nose punched in back in 2013, 2014, and they made the changes they needed to make to truly compete. They and really not that PlayStation's themselves. not competing cause they're still number one, but yeah. if they feel threatened then they start to the invest more, we're all, we're going to be the ones that benefit from that. And yeah. I love that. Well, I mean, they're. I think we're starting to see that based we on are. how they're handling Square Enix titles, how they're handling commenting on Activision Blizzard. I think we're starting to see back against the wall, or at least stepping back, right? Um, and I'm cool with it. I mean, what was it, uh, Joe? We it was Captain Logan that messaged us and was saying like, "What's the benefit of of buying a games exclusivity versus buying a studio or or, or a publisher?" And it's a matter of the software that's produced yeah. and the software that's produced. Like if, if the pro- software is being produced and produced well, then it's better to buy the publisher. If not, it's the game that you need. And I look at Nintendo's catalog and the 4 million views and the interest levels of, of these different things. Like did anybody know that Tokyo game show happened for Xbox? No, nope. like comparatively. No, not at all. Compar- and comparatively, like, not even close, not even yeah. close. Death loops got, got a date now. Nino Cooney, uh, Remastered is a thing. Danganronpa V3. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is on Game Pass. Does anybody know? Nah. No. And like, those are good announcements. On a different week, those be our main topics. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I, I um, do want to, I do want to, I'm sorry, are we done with this topic? I'm fading, uh, boys. The, the, only thing I was gonna, the only thing I was going to say is if you look at 2022 releases, Nintendo's crushed it. A couple yeah. people in the chat have said it too. Whether you love or you like the games, Mm-hmm. They are the one releasing games. Good point. And, and PlayStation hasn't obviously is doing well. They're going to have God of War and uh, Gran Turismo and, for, and Horizon. You know, in the game Xbox, we've already talked about. They haven't done well this year, um, but mm-hmm. Nintendo's absolutely crushed it this year with releases. Mm-hmm. I do want to get to one thing quickly because I, I wanted to really pick your brain, Ains, on it. So I don't really give a shit what Luke has to say. Uh, <laughs> we've seen a lot of layoffs 
uh, today in particular. But of course, this week we've seen Future, which is like Android Central, Windows Central, Mm -hmm. the Central folks. Um, We've seen G4, massive layoffs. Now we're seeing Fanbyte with some massive layoffs as well. I want to pick your brain because you, sir, own a little site yourself. I want to know where you see this industry going. If you, why you think this may have been the case? Are you worried for? I've seen a lot of writers kind of worried for the written word when it comes to covering games. Mm-hmm. Um, where do, where do you see it going? Yeah. So first, I want to start, uh, and I got it. Might as well make the announcement here that uh, I'm letting everyone at Season Gaming go. Um, <laughs> Tough no, call. You haven't paid no. me in months. <laughs> uh, you haven't produced anything in months. Um, Dang, he's so, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This is uh, in all seriousness. You guys kind of know how I feel about this because I, I rant about old man stuff like at a cloud, you know, constantly. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's really sad to see, and I think that what we're seeing in the gaming journalism space is a is a, again a microcosm i've used that word multiple times now of what we see in kind of journalism in general which is these media conglomerates are buying up it's consolidating right and you're getting these big media companies that are not in touch with what gaming is to a lot of people or at all um and all they care about of course is the bottom line which it's a business like i understand it right yeah. But um, they're, you know, when I talked to Andrew Reiner, he's a good example, right? He's leaving Game Informer, by the way, which is huge. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I talked to him about how Game Informer stays relevant and they have a very small crew, I think they had like 16 people, which for such a big publication is very small. Um, but they just got really good at kind of working within their means. And even those means have shrunk over time. And it's just a nature of the type of coverage today. You know, when you think about the last 10 years, what streaming has done, what influencers have done, I hate some of these words, what Twitch has done, YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, it's and the speed at social media. Think of how many accounts you see on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to name any names, but think of how many accounts you see that when something is announced, the immediate thing they do is they tweet about it with a few pictures and a couple bullet points of what the news is, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, but you're literally, you're not really providing any service. Like you're not, you're not adding any journalism aspect. You're not adding any context to what goes on behind the scenes. You don't have any relationship with developers. Um, you don't, you don't get any press releases. Do you know what I mean? You're just someone who's literally reposting what was just said somewhere else. Um, but, but those well, some sites do that. And you and I literally joked before. Before sometimes we see we see that's just what it is. It's a repost of the bullet points or the the video. Yep, it's funny you didn't let me finish my point again. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were <laughs> going to get there today because, like, you know, it's late. <laughs> well, this is a Jesus, I can, this is not a one minute answer. Like, this well, is a complex question. Here we go. All right, Jesus. Um, so my point is that so many people now have become so intolerant uh not intolerance the right word but they just they want everything instantly right and you see this maybe i'm being anecdotal here but the younger generation like i look at my kids right it's like i this is not a joke i went up to my son the other day my internet was having issues my son is in his room he is playing league of legends he's watching someone play league of legends he has a youtube video going on of someone talking about league of legends and he and he has music running so he has four things live streaming at once right your son has adhd (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like 
I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, dude, every and, day, every day. And the thing is, is like, I think people like there's there's so much information that we get hit with all the time. They just it's this quick hit, right? Quick hit, quick hit, quick hit. And there's very little audience for like a well written article today. That article, that audience has just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk mm -hmm. and shrunk. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, when you when you put out a piece of content like I, I always make fun of Kotaku, right? Like you put out like this character is gay. Well, why you should be angry? You know, whatever stupid headline they're running with for the day. Mm -hmm. um, that'll get five million views. Whereas a an article, and I'm not even trying to point at season gaming, but uh, someone, um, Alicia, wrote an article for us about gaming and medicine and how gaming mm -hmm. is being used in uh, medical ways last mm -hmm. week, right? An article like that's going to get, you know, a couple thousand views or whatever it is. I haven't even mm -hmm. looked, but you know what I mean? It's it's not going to land on social media with anything because people want to talk about whatever's hot. Look at how many people are talking about Activision and Blizzard for months on end. It's literally been the main topic mm -hmm. for months mm -hmm. on end. Um, no one's reading an in-depth article about acquisitions and what's actually happening with the lawyers and the details of the case. They're going to YouTube, they're going to Twitter, and they're listening to some guy who knows nothing rant about it for 20 minutes so it's just a it's the nature and i'm not making fun of anyone by the way i'm, I'm half sure. making fun of us um but it's just sure. the nature of the industry today there's just not a big audience for it and i don't think i said earlier today in a private dm and i this is not a shot at anyone because i really feel for the people who've dedicated their career to this but when i look at season gaming and i look at the way we run it where i've said many times it cost me money to run it mm -hmm. um i'm okay with that because it one allows me to do what we do but two, I don't have to rely on it. I have a right. career that's out here and I make my money. You know, I, I obviously support my family and, and I do well over yeah. here. But if season gaming gets 10 million hits tomorrow and next week it gets five, it makes no difference to me. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't impact me. Enthusiast media is the future because it's faster. It's more reliable for brands because people are going to be enthusiastic about their product nine times out of ten took a yep. long time for xbox shows to, to turn on halo uh you know what i mean like enthusiast media is better for a lot of brands than journalism is and journalism was never meant to be a profitable experience it was the live right. service feeds that th that uh turned it into a business cnn and msnbc and fox running breaking news all the time. News can't always be breaking, but they manufactured, they found a way. And how many times do you see a little nugget of information come out and that person, that enthusiast media is tweeting, going live to talk about this with these many people with us. And they're manufacturing their conversation. Yep. And you're right. There is no patience for, for the real facts to come out, the less juicy story or the the Schreier article or whatnot, and even even Schreier is a bad example because he's kind of gone down a road of inflammatory. We've seen um, it from some of the big sites, yeah. To your point, and yeah. you, you and on top, what even compounds that worse? I don't know if you agree, but is people people for whatever reason have a less a lower tolerance of listening to people or listening to viewpoints or opinions that they don't agree with. Right. I see so many people who it's like you know, especially online, we see a lot of the Xbox Xbox community in our social space right sure. and it's like well i'm an xbox player so i listen to these shows and it's like there's nothing wrong with that i'm not saying that but it's like you, all you're doing is you're hearing the same thing every week you know what i mean you're literally in this tiny little uh e echo chamber of things and, and half the time they may not even have things correct 
Um, yep. You just think they're correct because the six shows that you happen to watch all say the same thing. Right. Um, and that, that, that's a very distinct thing. People need to be challenged uh, and not in an aggressive way, not in the way we see online all the time, which is you're wrong. You know, like, no, like talk. There's no conversing yeah. there. And I don't know, man, it's just problematic. I could rant on for a while about it. It, it sucks to see good people. Uh, the last thing I'll say is that I interviewed Jeff Grubb over the weekend or yeah, over the weekend. Right. And then you saw Jez's comments today uh, mm. I, or maybe you didn't, but he, mm. he posted a tweet, which was like, he's like, look, man, he's like, I have to, you know, I have to capitalize on um, this kind of stuff. Exactly what we're talking about. You have to capitalize on these hot things and things that are going to get hits because that's, that's the only way he has. He actually said, I have no other meaningful skills. This is what I do for a living. Mm. I need it to work. So mm. this is what I do. And Jeff Grubb yeah. told me the same thing. He said, we live in a capitalistic society and, you know, I, I have to balance, you know, the information I get and the leaks and the stuff I say with how it impacts developers and stuff. But he said, at the end of the day, I have to do what I have to do to make a living. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what gaming coverage is now. It's yeah. look at snitch and the insider and Tom Henderson and Grubb and all those guys. I'm not, I'm not putting down what they do at all. I'm just saying that if you look at them, the audience is there because they have information that people want and mm -hmm. they leak it. And, you know, that's not journalism. Um, you know, um, it's just, that's what people want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I couldn't say it better myself. It's, uh, you know, one of the, the reasons why we, we tend to read articles on the trophy room is, you know, to at least give the, the tip of the hat of like where we're getting our information from one and two. So you're becoming as informed as we are when we're having these conversations um that it's it's you know we're, we're getting that story down um the way it's supposed to be told we're not missing anything when we're when we're doing that but you're right man coverage is changing in a really kind of depressing way uh it, where it's, it's depressing to me yeah yeah it, it, it really is that. it really is that see because there are like like look just put put out an article that I sort of agreed with, but I also, there were things I didn't like or agree with in it, but I read the whole thing and I was just like, okay, that's a viewpoint, you know, that's a perspective. And I feel like, yeah, we are losing that so much of like, you can go and listen to someone you may not agree with or see eye to eye on everything with. That's fine. You know, there are so many amazing writers out there that are not getting their, you know, voices heard because you're right. They're, they're not covering the thing that the majority of folks want to hear. And there's so much, there's so much good out there too. You know, it yeah. sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. But Luke's, we're not going to change it, Sadly, he, he's he's a little baby. He needs to go sleep. He's not even going to refute it. So you could really say anything. His eyes are super red. His skin is pale. <laughs> the white. coffin is open. The he's, coffin's open. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anybody? <laughs> he's got a cough. He's got the COVID cough. We got him. All right, everybody. <laughs> That's been the show. Uh, Luke, is there anything you'd like to No, you're still going for it. Guys, is everyone tuning like in to... live. Thank you, guys. It's been a while, like we said, yeah. between stuff going on in our live shows. Luke got COVID. It's been a while. Thanks for showing up live. We uh, you know, we appreciate you hanging out with us. That's that's about it. Good to be back. Luke, what say you? Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'll plug your show. It's great. He interviewed Seamus Blackley. And then he decided to put it out in the middle of uh, games, Gamescom. The fool.
Jesus, he got too excited. So go check out that interview because it's actually informative and great. Uh, exactly uh, what we're talking about. Yes, it's exactly. Informative. XEP, the X- Xbox expansion pass, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. You know where to see it. Rated five stars, not four or five. And then after you're done doing that, you head on over to the trophy room, the PlayStation podcast. We buy the players for the players. We're each and every Thursday. Me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest all things PlayStation over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. You can find me over at Mr. Babbitt and P.S. Trophy Room on Twitter. There you go. There you oh, go. and then uh, okay, then I'm supposed to fuck this up. And uh, get, and keep and keep 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 on with this bit. Keep 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 casting a co-op.